Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, it seems like only yesterday that a week has passed where we talked with Kurt Collins talking about UFOs from an historical perspective. So we learned the, the lessons of history. I think Kurt's one of the unsung heroes in the UFO field, don't you, Randall? I really love his, his blog, Blue Blurry Lines, and I also really uh, love that he's one of the people who comes onto our forums and has been participating for years with the Paracast, and that we can have people like that come on the show who have just got a real interest, a real genuine interest in the subject matter and are so knowledgeable because not everyone has to be, you know, a three-star, four-star personality in the field in order to do something really meaningful. I think people should be visiting blue blurry tongue twister lines.com where you'll learn about the things that Kurt has done. He was also one of the group who exposed the Roswell quote unquote slides. So he has a lot of great knowledge for that. We've got a guest, one of our best guests coming back this week, Randall, tell us more. Right. Today we have paranormal lecturer, presenter, and author Morgan Knudsen from Edmonton, Canada, who founded Entity Seeker and has been involved with Haunted Hospitals, Paranormal 911, and teaches classes on how the living can cope with uh, haunted houses and homes and such. Uh, I think I've got that mostly right. Is Does that sound about right, Morgan? That actually does. And I, I love being here. I love chatting with you guys. That's always so much fun. Indeed. Uh, one of the things I love about you is you are always so positive. Every time, if you go to YouTube and you watch your videos or you listen to any of your shows, it just comes across. It's It's somewhat infectious. Every time I come away feeling more uplifted than I did before. It's just quite amazing. You have a real gift. That makes me so happy to hear because I, I think once we start to realize that what we're doing and what we, the energy that we bring into a space really does change what we have access to and our perceptions and you know what we're allowing actually into our experience, what we're attracting into our experience. It, once you realize that that makes all the difference, then it's it's hard to really go back to feeling like you're playing the victim or or wanting to be upset. Like you start really looking for things to feel good. And if I'm doing a class or a lecture or anything like that, I, that's really such a go-to for me is, is I want whoever I'm talking to, whether it be somebody one-on-one -on -one or whether it be somebody, like a whole audience full of a thousand people, I want each of those people to have the experience of walking away feeling at least more empowered or better than what they did when they walked in. Because that's the whole thing with, you know, any of the, uh, events or anything like this or, or, paranormal events just to begin with is that you, you want to have people have a positive experience rather than it just being something terrifying all the time. For me, it's kind of ironic in a way uh, for, for two reasons, though. Uh, one of them is that I'm a complete non-believer in afterlives, but it doesn't make any difference. I can listen to you. We've talked before on the show, and you've been really open-minded about that because you have a way of relating to people who have completely different beliefs. And the other thing is that you are into 
fire breathing and reptiles. <laughs> so you do, your show is more like Alice Cooper than it is, uh, you know, necessarily like uh, ghost hunters in some ways. It's such a balance of a bunch of different things. It's so funny, but but you know, every single thing that's in the shows relate back to the idea that the things that we're taught and our paradigms about the world and how we grow up and you know the the socio-cultural effects that happen you you got to have this way of being able to access that with with different people and so things like fire for example you know if i can shift somebody's paradigm on on fire and what it's capable of and what we're capable of doing with it you know if i can start to break down some core boundaries like that that people have set up then it's easier then for them to access the idea that this world isn't all about the things that we can touch that maybe maybe they don't know everything and once i can start accessing that part of them when they start to understand that like wait a minute you know i just because i've held this belief for 30 40 50 60 years doesn't necessarily mean that that belief can't be be taken apart and examined and and that's that's my my goal with the with the fire aspect of it and with the with the reptiles like with i use my my python galen frequently and uh just in discussion because animals like snakes and whatnot and snakes are just one example of them but they have got such a completely different way of accessing their world on a sensory level. And we, we take our senses for granted as if this is the only way to process information. And with something like a snake who, for example, will smell um, or taste smell or uh, see heat or, you know, they, they've got this different way of processing information. And we have to realize that every single person also has different ways of processing information. So once we can start to access that and, and animals help to make that idea a little bit more accessible for people, um, it, there becomes sort of an easier bridge to manage when people are, uh, uh, you know, being critical or closed minded about this stuff. Oh, indeed. Uh, and I think that's another one of the gifts that you seem to have with people is that um, you, you can reach people uh, on their own wavelength. And from there, you're able to get across the ideas or impart whatever it is that you might feel at the time is going to be a benefit to them. Because your aim, especially talking with you during our last show, is to help people quite a bit, uh, especially people who are having a tough time, say, with loss or grieving. And I, I think that's a really wonderful thing to do. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Teaching the Living. This is your book, and it's part of your courses, I believe. It is, yeah. And and what's neat is that it's been picked up in a few curriculums and post-secondary education systems as well, um, because it, it really is about bridging that those belief gaps. You know, because if, if I go in and teach a university class, for instance, I've got people from all over the place. We've got people with uh you know christian beliefs uh native american beliefs we've got people with uh that have come from haiti um we've got people so all of these different you get this mix of people and they're all there for one reason usually um and that is you know they want to move forward and you know go into places and, and help individuals because usually it's with social work programs or psychology programs and things like that and it's it's so important to realize that everybody's version of happiness is not going to be yours and that's that's okay but you know a lot of this these 
groups and stuff like that, I find when, you know, they're working with uh, clients in the paranormal, they've got a very rigid standpoint as to what exactly is going to work. You know, you're going to follow this religion, you're going to use these principles, and then this is going to fix it. And that's just, it, it doesn't make any sense because in no other situation, you know, would you go in and expect somebody to completely change their way of life and the way they've lived just because, you know, you've got a set of beliefs that you believe is going to, you know, eradicate their house of, of whatever that you think is in there. And, you know, and, and the science of it just doesn't back that up anyway. But what has produced results is people getting into that better state of mind and living their best life and working through the, the, the old tapes and the damage and the paradigms and letting a lot of that go. And what we found, even in the research, when you look at, um, things like clinical parapsychology and things like that is that a lot of the people that have these experiences that bring them joy are actually in a less resistant space. So, you know, they're doing things like mindfulness or, you know, vacuuming for instance, or even just doing the dishes, really mundane things. That's just kind of letting their mind go and letting go of the the negativity. And all of a sudden, you know, they report having that visit from their loved one or they report having that anomalous experience. So it's neat to see what the correlation is there. We're going to have to do a little breaking here or something of that nature. And then we'll get back to this discussion with Morgan and Gina Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Message and data rates may apply. Help! Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm going to have to give up and shave it. Dude. Put down the razor, because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850. 
Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com, 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Morgan Knudsen joining us for, I don't know, third time, is it? Something like that. Three times a charm. We were going into... An interesting discussion there about people, but these days we live in a polarized environment. In the United States, we have two distinct realities. There are others. And it's like this is the third dimension, this is the seventh. That's hard enough. Yeah, definitely. I think what's interesting about that and about the climate right now is that the idea of choosing well-being and choosing you know what you're exposing yourself to and the the thoughts you're thinking and the information you're taking in is becoming more and more important so i've noticed that in the last while like even even my news feed on facebook for example there was there was a while there it was where it was just becoming bombarded with um just a lot of heavy heavy negativity and it was and a lot of it was stuff that i i couldn't actually do anything about there's nothing that i could act on there's nothing that it was just adding to, I think, this feeling of just helplessness about things that were going on in the world. So I think we really have to pay attention to the amount that we take in, um, especially in, in in states like this, and and learn to pick your battles. And we we see this even even in the world of the paranormal, where you know you've got these sort of polarized opinions about all sorts of different things. Everybody's got a different set of beliefs on it. You know, there's just comes a time where, you, you know, you have to you have to learn to choose your own peace. So if if nothing else is coming of the situation right now, 
you know, it's at least making people, you know, have to have to make that decision. How important is your well-being? How important is your mental well-being? And that's what it really boils down to. And I think that's why you're so successful, because that's what you focus on. It doesn't really matter if you're a skeptic or an atheist or a Christian or a Hindu or what it, whatever is going on. These experiences are very real to people. And if you're focused on people's well-being and not trying to impose your own views on what should be or what necessarily you think it is, I, I think you're going to be able to have a much easier time making progress. For me, that was a really tough lesson for me to learn because I was, you know, I'm all about facts and, you know, all you should really have to do is be able to tell people the facts and they'll get it. <laughs> but that's not how the world works. No, it's not. And, and the thing is with, you know, depending on what you're looking at in terms of facts, those, those facts can change all the time. So, you know, what might be fact one day might not be fact tomorrow, whether it be, you know, an advancement in, in the scientific world or whether it be, you know, in terms of we were just talking politics. So, you know, a whistleblower comes out and, and just, you know, destroys somebody's career or something like, you know, something happens and, and suddenly those facts change. So I think, you know, we live in this world where everything has this, this ebb and flow to it and this, this sort of flux. And, and I mean, even down to the way the world is just built just on a molecular and, and, you know, atomic level, it's just, everything's got this, this sort of flow to it. So I think being flexible, especially in the paranormal arena is so important. We've got studies and stuff like that coming out constantly from, you know, universities all over the place that all of a sudden just you change how we have to do things in this field, you know, having that flexibility and not getting stuck in the old adages is just, it's crucial for progress. Absolutely. And uh, so let's go way back. Now, apparently, when you were younger, you lived in Vancouver. And that's where your own personal experiences began. Can you tell our listeners about some of those events? Oh, my gosh. So I had such a childhood. <laughs> and some of the events that, that, that I remember were definitely stemming out of, out of Vancouver. So then the first incident that I, that I had, it was, it was so interesting because I was about nine years old, eight or nine years old, and I was living in a uh, fourplex in in uh, Surrey, BC. And the, the the fourplex was quite nice. The complex was quite nice. Uh, but we started to notice these little things going in and around the house that just didn't make any sense. We'd notice stuff that was moved that shouldn't have been. We were seeing just seeing things and people moving upstairs that and you know nobody would be home. Um, we had quite a number of very strange experiences and a lot of uh, uh, movement back and forth on our staircase that went up to the second floor. So a, a lot of this stuff was going on and our house, our apartment, or the townhome thing that we were in was, was under renovation uh, at the time. And I remember one morning I got up and it was really early and I heard somebody downstairs in our kitchen and I thought my mom and dad were up and I, I came down the stairs and I got about three quarters of the way down the stairs and I called out hello and there was no answer. It was just silence, but the, the footsteps, the noise in the kitchen just quit. And immediately the hair rose up on the back of my neck. And I just, I realized I was like, this wasn't, this wasn't one of my parents. And my mind of course, immediately went to somebody's broken into the house. And I was curious enough to sort of come around the corner of the stairwell uh, I didn't know, really know what to do. I was terrified. And I tried to turn on the living room light, which wouldn't go on. But I heard from the kitchen, the footsteps come out from 
behind where the kitchen was, um, the kitchen lights were on. So you could, you know, you, you kind of had an idea as to where things were. And I had this really strange opaque figure come out from behind the kitchen and it came right up to me and disappeared. Oh, and it, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it scared me to death. I was just terrified. I went running back up the stairs and I was just, apparently I was yelling for my mom and dad. I don't even remember doing that. And, um, they came downstairs and immediately they thought the same thing I did. Somebody's broken into the house. And, uh, my dad went downstairs to investigate and there was nobody there. But what was interesting was the fact that when he went to turn the, the kitchen light on, there was no problem. So it was a very strange in- incident, but at the same time, it just, I was so fascinated by what had just happened. So from there, I ended up moving, we ended up moving into a, uh, a home, uh, same city, And that home, I would absolutely love to go back and visit because they, it was the most phenomenal case of uh, what we would call residual energy or the replaying of events, past events um, that I've, I've ever experienced up until now. And we heard, uh, the whole family had heard a woman crying in the basement. We heard uh, a dog running up and down the hallways. Um, uh, My dad would feel a dog jump up on the end of his bed at night. And eventually we all saw that. Uh, just very bizarre stuff, but it was, it was fascinating. And all these areas, I think, you know, they just, I don't know, they just had a history. It was, it was pretty cool. That is absolutely uh, fascinating. The, uh, so what this shadow person, would you call it a shadow person? You know how they talk about shadow people or was it something different? Your first experience? I don't think it was a shadow person. I, I, you know, I don't know what it was. It was uh, you know, all I remember is, is, you know, what I described, but, um, you know, I think, I think the, the fascination into it, this was such a good example of, uh, you know, where you put your energy, you create more and, uh, where you put your focus, you create more because I, I think what, what went on there was, you know, I, I became absolutely fascinated with what was going on and, you know, the activity sort of increased as my fashion fascination grew as well. So I, I think it was a combination of, um, you know, my, my own personal focus into it, uh, sort of just at- attracted into my space, basically what I, you know, I was thinking about. Let's do our break here with Morgan Knudsen. And of course we're talking about her introduction to the world of the paranormal. So unexpected for everyone with Jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
USA Radio News with Tim Berg. With conferences getting canceled and mass public transportation getting disrupted, the coronavirus is not only a threat to the country, but it's also putting people's travel plans in disarray. As of Saturday, there were 437 cases of the coronavirus across the United States, and at least 19 people have died. House Minority Leader from California, Kevin McCarthy, tells Fox News the spending bill regarding the coronavirus that President Trump signed on Friday will do a great deal in helping fight the virus. Now, we just signed, he just signed more than $8 billion. That focuses on testing, treatment, and also telemedicine, which is very important on how to deal with this. A busy weekend campaigning for former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders as a mini Super Tuesday is set to take place on March 10th. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Extend your life with Extendivite. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Wayne has to say. Extendivite. I have uh, been taking it for about two years and I had uh, really bad heart palpitations. And since I've been taking it, I don't have any major episodes at all anymore. I'm 76 years old and I still play competitive basketball. Of course, I've taken care of myself really good since I was 60, but... um, Extendivite really helped the blood pressure, really helped the, I used to get really bad episodes of heart palpitations, just skipping beats and double beats. But also I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate your broadcast, that just uh, really refreshing. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with this is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, Morgan, I don't know, but if I had encountered all this stuff as a child... I'd be screaming into the night. <laughs> You're a brave one. I think I had the the choice to make it something terrifying or something that was a fascination and a curiosity. And I found that throughout my life, I've always found that if, if something is, is scaring me or is, you know, is bothering me in some way, if you turn it into a curiosity or a fascination, uh, you know, it takes the fear out of it, which is kind of what I hope to do with a lot of my, my presentations and stuff like that. Because once you can kind of change that energy, you can open your mind up a little bit. And I think we see a lot of that when it comes to, you know, even 
current situations in the world, things like racism and stuff like that. Oftentimes, when you break down the racism, it's it's a fear and it's an ignorance. When you can start to to turn that fear into something else, that really starts to change how you're living. That's the one thing I'm really trying to work on with with my audiences is the fact that it's like, look, we can come at this from a standpoint of fear, which is a lot of the time the television shows and things like that. They really want to hammer on the idea that this is all a, a nightmare. And it's like, yeah, we can come at it with this standpoint. However, how we treat the unknown as paranormal researchers is going to set an example for other people as to how they need to treat the unknown. And that unknown might be immigrants, for example, or that unknown might be, I don't know, a new scientific discovery they don't understand or a culture they don't understand or something like that. So I think as paranormal researchers, because we deal with people all the time and we have this direct connection to understanding the unknown, we have to be very careful about how we demonstrate it and how we investigate it. Because if we're presenting the unknown as terrifying and fearful, then people are going to start to to react that way. And it's and then that's never good. There you go, being all positive again. That <laughs> that is just wonderful, and I I couldn't agree more, actually. And I I meant to get to this actually a little bit later, but s- since you are kind of on this wavelength, one of the things we've noticed and heard from other people in the field of the paranormal is that the phenomena tends to reflect the worldview of the experiencer. So if you're going to have a worldview that is all negative then that's what's going to probably happen to you. And I think it goes even further. I I mean, in other words, if you take three different types of investigators out into the woods and something strange happens, the ghost hunter might say, it's the ghost of some lost prospector. And the Bigfooter will say, it's a Sasquatch. And the UFO hunter will think the aliens have landed. (laughs) You, You get all these different perspectives. How do you reconcile all of that? Like, how do we know what's really going on then with it all? That's my question. Well, it's a good question because the perception, perception is reality, you know, and what we, what we go into, we, you know, we all have these filters and how we see the world through these, these various avenues. The damn thing is, is that when we, we start to look at stuff like that, like for example, you know, the UFO case versus the, I don't know, the, the Sasquatch case or something like that. At, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to kind of put your filters down and start looking, A, look at the direct evidence, because that's oftentimes very telltale, um, and not be invested in being right. That's probably one of the biggest things with this field is that people get so hung up on being right. And then if they're wrong, they don't know how to deal with that. So they'll start cherry picking information. And it's like, all right, it's called confirmation bias. Right. So that start- co- yeah, that cognitive dissonance kicks in and they go into a defensive mode and, the, and then that's it. The walls go up and, and you get nowhere. Exactly. So it's, it's one of those things, I think, where, you know, you, you have to be OK with a not knowing and be being wrong about it because if you can't then you're you're going to get stuck into these those ruts of thinking and then nothing happens i had a i actually ended up firing an investigator a number of years back because he decided that he knew everything and that he was going to just quit learning he was just done he just knew it all and i was like well then you can't help me and it's just one of those things where if you if you pigeonhole your knowledge that way then there's really nothing at that point that you're going to be able to continue to branch out on and, and learn any different. Just as a human race, we just don't know enough about the world to be able to take that standpoint. I don't care. It doesn't matter who you are or what field you're in. I do think, though, that there are what you might call hierarchies of reasonableness. So not all opinions have equal weight. 
In other words, some of them really are nonsensical and others are a lot more sensible. That doesn't necessarily mean the sensible one is right, but I think if we don't know the answer, probably the most reasonable thing to do is to look at the ideas that are probably more well thought out, you know, ones that carry more weight than ones that don't. Absolutely. And and I think that's where a lot of the, the university studies and things like that can really come into play and help us out because we start to look at at what's been brought to the table, what's been studied, what's currently in the works from even institutions like Princeton, like they've got their parapsychology lab and places you know, all over the world and in various institutions like uh, Coventry and all of those. We can start to piece together some facts, I think, based on what we know so far about what's going on and what can happen in this field. And I, I think you're completely right where, you know, there is sometimes there's just completely unreasonable things that are just put on the table. And I, th I think there are there is some basis to kind of take a step back and, and some foundation in some of this research that can actually help us move forward in that area. When something's just not adding up to what we know can happen or exist, then, you know, at some point we have to turn around and say, no, that's just, you know, that's, this, that just doesn't make any sense or it's causing harm or something like that. I think you make a really valid point, too, about the idea that being wrong can help us know more or learn more than just being right all the time. And in fact, I've run into this quite a few times on different forums, especially the skeptical forums, even on our own forum. Recently, you know, I had to make it really clear that, that while I might have some really good reasons for thinking the way that I do about a particular issue, the thing that I'm really looking for is to be proven wrong. And when I'm proven wrong, it is the highlight of my day because then I've learned something new. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, some of the fun of doing this work is to turn around and, and try to you know, debunk some of this stuff or, or figure out what it could be, you know, based on sort of the laws of the world that we know and then realizing that, no, no, no this actually happened anyway. And that can be really the fun of it is it's that moment when you realize, hey, wait a minute, this, man, this shouldn't have happened. Isn't that the neatest thing? And then you get the adventure of trying to figure out why it did. It's like magic. It's, it's, living, it's living in this, you know, almost magical world in a way. Oh, definitely. And it's the frontier. It's, it's the cutting edge of, of what we know and, or what we think we know in the world. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I don't care what anybody thinks, all right? And this might sound bad, but I am a believer to the extent that I absolutely believe that people have these experiences, like the experiences that you just described, that so many experiencers have described, not only in the realm of the paranormal, but of course with UFOs and other things. I don't think that they're all just misperceptions or hallucinations or hoaxes something weird and strange is going on in this reality whatever it is i don't know the answer to but something is going on absolutely and the neat thing about you know where this some of this research is taking us is the definition of well what is what is hallucination versus what is in our perception and in our reality and that line is getting thinner and thinner and thinner, especially when there's some work coming out of uh, Brazil universities and stuff like that right now that is is very intriguing in the world of uh, 
um, sort of that hallucination and um, you know the idea of mediumship and stuff like that, where they're really hardcore looking at um, uh, brain imaging and whatnot of, of you know mediums and and things like that, and trying to figure out okay, well, what is that line? So here's the deal: we're going to have the deal of the century. Well, pretty good deal for new subscribers to the Paracast Plus. To get more information, go to. That's the Paracast.plus. Once again, the Paracast.plus. And don't forget the After the Paracast podcast. You never know what to expect next. That's the Paracast.plus. Once again, the Paracast.plus. Let's break it here. Morgan, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. 
That's GCNteam.com. Antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. No, we're not talking about those lines. We're trying to figure out what's going on with the human mind, especially those who have strange powers. Morgan? Yeah, it, it, you know, I just absolutely love, I love this, this topic because when for so long, I think within the the history of medicine and stuff like that, we have been so quick to rule people as, uh, you know, okay, it's, you know, in the late 1800s, it was all hysteria in the, you know, we go back to ancient Mesopotamia and, um, you know, the Babylonians and stuff like that. And everything was, uh, you know, inflicted by demonic possession and things like that. And we're, we're so quick to turn around and label these people as they're bad or there's something wrong with them or they're mentally ill or, or whatever that, that label has to be. And we've missed some of the, the, the perceptions and the skill sets and things like that of people that are genuinely having these experiences that genuinely have tuned into something more, whatever that more might be for you. And we've dismissed it and dismissed it and dismissed it. And I think now we're finally hitting this great age where we've got the technology and the understanding to realize, wait a minute, no, 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 there's there's so much more to this. And that line isn't where it used to be anymore. And I think that's fantastic. What do you think of the idea that paranormal phenomena might be really all one thing that manifests itself in different ways? Like there's people that are trying to put together what I guess what might be called a, a grand unified theory of, of the paranormal. And do you think that sort of thing is reasonable or that it, that it can ever happen or that, what do you think? Well, what's so neat about that is I think this, this overarching concept that our perception of the world in general is so narrow and so small and not, not because it's our fault, just because our senses will only allow so much in and we only are allowed to process a certain amount of information to make our world tangible. And I think this overall theory is just the idea that, well, wait a minute, like there is just in general so much more that we can't see and so much more that we are not able to process yet that 
you know, there's more, there's, there's more to our perception than what's out there than, than what we're, we're really considering. So, I mean, the idea that, you know, it, it is all one thing. I mean, I think everything's connected anyway. You know, I don't really believe in coincidence. So I think, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that, you know, overall, we're just not perceiving the world to the, to the level that our, our brains will, you know, conduct. Okay, so coincidence, that leads us into the, this whole concept of synchronicity. And um, I, is, do you find that that happens with you more often than maybe other people? Or do you believe in synchronicity? Yeah, I, I do. And what I've found is it's very much tied into my emotional state, which is, which is really interesting, and which is what I talk about with, with teaching the living. And I find that I very much get get results based on where I am emotionally. And it's kind of that whole theory where, you know, if something goes wrong in the morning, you know, you get out of bed and stub your toe and then you're mad about stubbing your toe and then you know, it keeps going on and on and on and on. And you're like, how is this day going to get any worse? And all of a sudden it does. (laughs) And you just keep going. And I think, but I find what's interesting about that is that, you know, stuff starts lining up based on, where I'm sitting emotionally. And I find that the more I either, the, the happier I get, the better things get. But also the more I let go of uh, expectations, let go of, um, uh, you know, overthinking and emotional turmoil and things like that. Uh, it's, it's almost like you end up creating this allowing space where there's something else that's, that's, that's working to your advantage or you're letting, you're letting things in that are kind of sitting on the, the outskirts of your perception. What I find very much so that, you know, if, if I, you know, if I need to do something or I'm, if like, I'm worried about money or something like that, the less money I have, you know, the less I'm worried about money, the more money I have. And it's, it's just, it's very interesting. And I don't think that's a a coincidence. With um, the idea of synchronicity, something, I don't know if you guys want to hear this, but just a little quick thing that happened to me the other day. Uh, Is it okay if I uh, mention it? I will give you one demerit, but go ahead. Okay. So, uh, one of the, there's a little thing that I do be, with doors, and you know how when there's double doors at a at a place, or when you go in, you might open a door for someone. So, I'm one of those people. If I see someone coming, I'll open the door and I'll hold it for them. So, the other day, I go into uh, the bookshop, the Indigo Bookshop over here, and I open the door for this fellow that walks in. He walks in grabs the inside door and opens it for me. And so I say, oh, cool, instant karma. And uh, the, the day goes on and, and I come home, I turn on the FM radio, and guess what song comes on? Instant Karma by John Lennon. Brilliant. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Like yeah. right, a- right after coming back from the store. Yeah, I believe that. And it's, I I find stuff like that will happen to me frequently where, or for example, I will, uh, I'll be talking to somebody about an old movie that hasn't been in circulation for, you know, 50 years. And all of a sudden you turn on the TV and it's on stuff like that. Right. And, and it's, I think it's just the neatest thing. And, And as I say, I think, I think we really do, you know, attract what we put our focus on. And when we put our focus on something that it, it shifts things, it brings things to us. And eventually it just gets to the point where you realize that there's the, the odds of it being a coincidence are so astronomically high that it's, it seems that's the impossible part. So yeah, I find that all the time. And 
um, when I point it out to to my clients, what's interesting is that they start to see it right away as well. You know, if I'm if I'm in a home that you know people are feeling like they're being you know haunted by something negative or something like that, and I turn around and get them to start checking what they're putting their attention on or checking their you know their emotional center or whatever during that time period it almost always is a reflection of how they're feeling or something they've talked about earlier in the day like probably one of the most difficult things with clients is getting them to stop talking about the activity because it it becomes the center of their world you know they phone their friends about it and they they go for coffee about it and they're looking it up on the internet and so breaking that focus and saying, no, 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 you're, the more you put your attention here, the more you're going to get, um, it can be a really difficult thing for them, but it's, it's important. Tell us how you, well, I, I think we can guess how you got started with Entity Seeker, but give us a little bit of the background of when you decided to actually put it into action, get a website and so on, and build this into a, a sort of career for yourself. It, you know, it was, it started for me so, so long ago and it was when I met uh, this amazing person. Her name was uh, Stephanie Wirtz and she and I went to school together. We were best friends and just, she's just super bright. She had muscular dystrophy. So uh, she was always sitting out of gym classes and stuff like that because she was just, you couldn't do it. And she and I ended up becoming extremely good friends. We were like sisters for about 17, 18 years. And she had an absolute fascination with this stuff as well. And the two of us, because neither of us were extremely well liked in school, uh, both of us were kind of the bully kids. And we, you know, we, we kind of had checked out of that environment because we really didn't care about popularity and we really didn't care about any of that stuff. But we were fascinated with this and we ended up spending our weekends, you know, dance nights, all these different things focused on learning this and, and reading it because we were just absolutely enamored with what was going on, both for us in our, our personal lives and the, the research that was coming out. And when we, the more we read, the more we started to recognize patterns in people versus what was going on around them. And the more we started to examine that and push that forward, the more we realized that we were there, there had to be something to that. So the first case that we ended up actually getting called on was a, uh, a heritage, uh, a heritage park here in Edmonton. And, uh, we went out and, uh, spent a couple of nights at, uh, this, this old home and, uh, with some of the employees, cause the employees were having trouble at the house. And, uh, we had, so it was the first time we had a, a business actually call us and want to implement some of this stuff. So we, we, we kind of went from there and we started to, at that point, getting getting into the mindset that hey you know what we could be we could be helping people through teaching this and because we kept seeing results over and over and over again so we started out really small uh she lived in a, a condo building we were able to rent out the bottom of her condo building uh as a lecture space and we started to you know ask people to come to because some of these talks and we were presenting these talks and uh, it just sort of snowballed from there. Uh, people got wind of it and they started to implement it in their own life. And then I think they realized that, hey, wait a minute, these two are onto something. And uh, it, it just, yeah, it just snowballed from there. And then she she passed away um, a number of years ago now. But um, she, uh, yeah, she was absolutely instrumental in this coming together. We're going to come together with these announcements. That's a bad segue. Morgan, Jean, Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Morgan is giving us, I guess, your life's history here. And we're following it step by step. You know, I'm going to say this honestly. I have never, ever been to a house that people considered haunted. I really have missed out on life, haven't I? It's a, it's an interesting experience, but it, the funny thing is, depending on how you come into that space, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to experience anything. And I think that's a, some of the misnomer with with a lot of this stuff and how sometimes this these cases can get labeled as hoaxes is where people, a family will be having a terrible time and they will move out and the next family will move in. And there's nothing going on. So immediately it's, oh yeah, that those people were faking it or that doesn't exist or it was in their head or, or whatever. And then, you know, they'll move out and have another family move in and then all of a sudden stuff kicks up again. So it depends really on your state of being and how you're perceiving the world. And there's, there's a bunch of factors that go into it as to whether or not, even if it was proclaimed haunted, whether you'd experience it anyway. Do you think some people are like, uh, we have... In ufology, we have UFO magnets, they call it, you know, people who seem to be able to summon them down. Uh, do you think that people in the paranormal can really do that if they're open to it? Just because you're open to it also doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have any experience either, right? 
or or yeah. can you can you invoke the spirits somehow is that a real thing or i think there's definitely people that are are a lot more open and they've They've studied this through Gansfeld experiments and things like that as to who is more receptive to some of this phenomenon. Is Are there characteristics? And it turns out that there are characteristics of people who are able to actually be more receptive and, and have more encounters than not. It's really interesting. So the people that are, are more open, for example, the people that are... Um, you know, uh, less closed-minded. It tend to be a little bit maybe more extroverted, things like that. There are personality traits where people have been more successful at it. And we see this with demonstrate over and over again, as I say, through through Gansfeld tests and, and things like that, where the people that have more hits and more success with receiving imagery or something like that tend to have this this line of personality traits that others just either don't or just not willing to work on, or they're just, they don't believe it can happen anyway. So what's the point? What is a Gansfeld test exactly? So Gansfeld is, is, is pretty interesting. And it's one of the, I think, key research areas uh, over the last number of years in, in many universities. And what they'll do is they have somebody uh, sit in a, a room that's basically soundproof and they put on headphones, usually to like ocean waves or something like that, something that you can kind of get lost in. They have a red light in the room. You end up looking so silly because you end up, they end up putting these half ping pong balls over your eyes. So you kind of get this weird washed out look where you're not really right. perceiving okay. anything in the space that you're seeing shadows. Right. You're and in like the white room kind of thing. Exactly. So you're, you're kind of in this room, and, but what happens is that the, a person in the other room will have um, an image or something like that that they're either focused on sending to the person that's, that's in this soundproof room. Afterwards, the person will you know, describe or either or point out an image that they think is the one that they're being sent. And the hit rate is, is surprisingly high. It's, it's pretty interesting. All right. I know what you're talking about now. Yes, I've heard of those experiments. And so what you're saying, and although I haven't read the specific research on it in depth, what you're saying is that certain personality types do better in those tests than others. Very interesting. Exactly. And they can, they can predict who's going to do better. It's, it's really interesting. And typically people that have done the, the test prior and have, have done it before will continue to do well. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, they're, they're, they've identified some very specific personality traits that seem to have really good luck with this. And of course, you know, we saw it further down the road in years ago, back in some of the government experiments and stuff like that too, with remote viewing and things like that. But the, the universities now are, are doing amazing things with, with things like Gansfeld because it's easily testable. It's easy to hold the experiment. You don't have to have some elaborate getup and the results are fascinating. Thing is, is okay. Here comes my skeptical side, where we're still dealing with statistics. Then, I mean, they're interesting, but it's hard to think that statistics in and of themselves really prove anything, whether it be with remote viewing or anything else. It's, it's interesting, but we really don't know what's going on, if anything, from those. We have to look at the fact that every single person has their own perception of it, of what they're perceiving in their, what they're like, what they're receiving in their environment. And that's where this, any of this stuff gets really, really, really tricky because it comes down to the fact that everybody's got a filter. 
So it is a difficult area to study because we're dealing with, you know, people, for example, that come in that might turn around and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm having a great day. Everything's fine. Psychologically, you might dig into them a little bit and find out, no, they're not having a great day. You know, maybe they just lost their house or they, you know, they're just stuffing things or whatever. And it can be really difficult because you know, we're still dealing with a variable factor, which is which is the human experience. And that's that's tough. Absolutely. And it seems to be non-reproducible as well. In other words, it doesn't seem like we're in control of it. It seems like that whatever the phenomena is, and again, I do believe that these experiences are happening to people, that they're real, that they're not purely subjective, that there's some objective reality going on that is influencing the experiencer, but it seems to be what's in control rather than the experiencer themselves, unless maybe you believe in, in in the idea that, well, okay, maybe someone will come in and they'll smudge a place and that will sort of eliminate the spirits and then they don't show up. That that could be just uh, some sort of a, a way of them playing along with the game. Like, we don't really know what it is. It seems like when it wants to manifest itself, it can. Yeah, I think, and I think that's, that's right. I, I think the key is, is, you know, we can start to learn to control what we're receiving we can't necessarily control we can't control what's outside of ourselves and i mean that that re- is in regards to to anything really in life i mean at the end of the day the only person that we control is us i think we can control what it is that we're receiving just in the same way that you know we can control things like you know how much political noise comes through our news feeds on facebook i think again where we you know where we put our attention how careful we are about our emotional states and all of that kind of thing we can we can start to at least manage what we're pulling into our experience and the experiences that we're choosing to to have and continue with. You know, there's such a vast amount of occurrences out there that are just absolutely remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to be able to turn around and say, yes, let's make that thing happen. I know um, the labs at UCLA for a while, like they were, I think, toying with the idea that, you know, they could actually manifest something in a controlled setting. And I'm not sure how far that went, but, um, Things like that. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a long time before we're, we get to that level. What do you think of the AWARE study? Are you aware of the AWARE study? I am aware of the AWARE study. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So this is just for the audience members briefly is where they used messages placed up on shelves above patients in operating theaters and went through literally thousands of cases hoping to find an NDE, a near-death experiencer, who would float up out of their body and be able to accurately relay what that message was so that there would be a direct one-to-one correlation between an objective reality and their subjective experience. And they got zero results on that particular study. They had some interesting things happen where people claimed to have had some experiences that uh, outside that that would have fallen into the purview of their program, but nobody out of all of these cases experienced being able to identify that message. What are we to take away from that, if anything? Well, I think, first of all, everybody's near-death experiences are vastly different oftentimes. Like sometimes they will have um, correlating factors, but a lot of people will, um, you know, will perceive different things when it's happening to them. There, There was 140 patients that actually survived that. Um, and that could be interviewed for the study. And it was 101 patients that actually uh, had detailed interviews, um, nine of which who had a, a near-death experience. And um, 
two had really detailed memories of an awareness of the physical environment. And um, the one, one of those two is verified as accurate. And the other one was, was too sick for a, a, a full interview. We got a break and then we'll pick this up. Morgan Jean Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. I'm Ben Utech. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com concussion. That's aan.com concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology. 
Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Morgan, we had to kind of interrupt you there as you were talking is- about all these studies and things because you know how that happens. Could you continue? Of course. Yeah, I think it's because ultimately with, with the AWARE study, there was, there was 2,000, I think it was 2,060 patients that were, were actually involved. And it was people from all over the world. It was the UK, Austria, US. Oh, yeah, all sorts. Number, of, number of hospitals and uh, lots of people involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for, for cutting in there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and um, so the, and people reported different things. So um, every everything from um, uh, hearing uh, voices. Um, one of the uh, uh, they're describing nurses and doctors who were in the room. Um, the, at one point, one of the patients actually recognized a fellow that was present during his resuscitation, and he shouldn't have. There were interesting details, like one of the medical records I know confirmed the use of a, um, a AED, one of the external uh, defibrillators, um, that would give automated instructions. And the patient reported coming back and hearing um, that automated voice, uh, and he had no way of knowing that. Um, so there were other things that they identified that were really interesting, but a lot of them didn't necessarily... They, they oftentimes occurred in sort of a non-acute area of the hospital. So a lot of the analysis or the analysis um, of it wasn't really as possible as what they thought they were. So I think there was like a number of things about the AWARE experiment that, you know, they just, I don't think necessarily took into consideration, um, you know, where the NDE is going to happen. Some people report having an NDE and they're back at their home. Uh, for instance. So it's, I think there's so many factors to something like that. It's really hard to turn around and nail it down with, with such, you know, narrow parameters in terms of a study is tough. I think it was a good study though, in, in terms of somebody actually trying to get one-to-one objective, subjective verification correlation, because you know, the, the sort of really sort of hard science skeptical side of me says, that's what we really need. We need that level of study and that, and, you know, literally, I think there was quite a few hospitals. I don't have the, all the stats in front of me, but I mean, multiple hospitals, thousands of patients and doctors being open-minded enough to try this. I think it's, it's really, really a step in the right direction. Very much so. And the more, the more we do this and the more we, we are able to study things like this, the more factors, sometimes the more questions end up coming out of it, like in this case. But I mean, without those, without those new questions, we can't move forward. So, you know, regardless of, you know, how the study starts or ends or anything like that, I think, I think being able to ask those new questions out of it is, is just the next level of, of how we become more aware of what's going on and what goes on with, what goes on with the mind, what goes on with the brain is the, is the mind 
uh, emergent or fundamental to start with. It's it, there's so many questions with this, and I think the more studies we have, like the aware study, you know, the closer we're going to get to to at least having a, a glimpse as to what's going on. Well, it's so progressive because it's like you were saying, it's open minded. For starters, I mean, years ago, like you were saying, people would think, well, you know, what? That's just something crazy. It's not worth our time to get some hospital administration to be able to even agree with it probably would have been really difficult. Now, though, I mean, if it's opening up, I think it's just positive that we can now explore this in a more open and meaningful way, in an objective way, where it matters with real doctors, real scientists, people who are can be taken seriously if something does happen. Oh, definitely. And when the when the doctors, interestingly, are you know when they're more open minded to 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 this stuff going on, well, the one thing I've learned about working on um, the show Haunted Hospitals uh, is the fact that there are so many physicians and nurses and you know just people that work in the hospital uh, that have these unbelievable experiences with their with their patients and with the the hospital environments and things like that that oftentimes they're the ones that have these you know cri this critical information because you know they show up to work you know their only dog in the fight is helping the, the person that's in front of them you know they're not going there to have a paranormal experience they don't go there to you know experience something that they don't think could happen they're just going there and they're plugged into their job and then when something goes on and something happens you know they really have to take a step back and start to either you know question the fact question what their own belief system is or you know learn to come at this from a new perspective and i think we're seeing more and more these hospitals realizing that it's like wait a minute you know we we have to be able to accommodate you know more viewpoints and uh you know rather than just shutting these people down or you know pumping them full of medication thinking they're all nuts Oh, absolutely. And and that was a great segue into Haunted Hospitals, by the way, which uh, I think we should talk a little bit more about. I, uh, it's a television program, I believe. Can you tell us a bit about your experience with them and the people who were producing it? It's a fun show to be a part of because, you know, I work with, uh, there's a, a few other people that, uh, I guess, experts or whichever you want to call them on the show and whatever. And everybody's got a different viewpoint and a different perspective on this phenomenon, which is cool. So uh, people like Richard Estep, uh, Chris Brewer, uh, Marquise, and and myself, and we all we all kind of come in and talk a little bit about each case and from from our own viewpoints. And it's it's really neat because the doctors and the nurses that come forward and patients they want to be able to tell their story and they want to give their story a voice. And one of the most, I think one of the most difficult things about the show is for, for the producers is making people feel safe enough to come forward to tell their story because there is still such a stigma in the medical community that say, for example, you know, okay, I'm going to come forward and, you know, my boss at the hospital is going to fire me because they think I'm mentally ill or something like that. And it, so it, it's, it's a tough show to, uh, I think, to gather stories for, for the producers, but um, they do a really good job. And uh, it's, I think it's opening up some conversation about, uh, you know, the, the medical field and where this stuff, you know, where, the, where this stuff has a place there. You're also involved with Paranormal 911. Can you tell our audience a, a bit about that and the people you work with there and the type of things that you look into? Yeah, and the Paranormal 911 is actually the same crew. And uh, But instead of dealing with cases in hospitals, we're dealing with first responders. So everything from firefighters, ambulances, 
uh, ambulance attendants, um, uh, SWAT teams, all sorts of first responder cases. And it's really interesting because what I find so compelling about paranormal 911 specifically is that people get, you know, these, these first responders get called in. The only thing they're told is, you know, this person's having a heart attack or, you know, there's a bomb in a mall or, you know, so they're going in completely centered on that one task and they're not expecting anything else to happen. That's all they care about. That's all they're focused on. And, and so when something goes on with them and they come forward and say, Hey, this happened during a case, um, you know, it's really difficult for anybody to turn around and say, you know, Oh, they're making it up or, you know, Oh, it's, it's for attention or something like this. It's like, no, these people are literally their only dog in the fight is to come and to save the person that they're dealing with. And then they come forward with some of these amazing stories. We're going to have more amazing stories. By the way, that's the name of a TV show from Apple TV plus. It's a remake of the original Steven Spielberg anthology series from the eighties. Listen, you raised it. I added Morgan Knudsen, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio, pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Janess has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or Call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The number of coronavirus cases continues to rise in the United States along with the people that have died. Washington State is reporting two more fatalities on Saturday, bringing the death toll to 19 nationwide. Health officials in Florida confirmed two deaths late Friday with nearly 400 cases now reported in the United States. All that being said, Dr. Drew Pinsky tells Fox News we do just need to calm down. The panic is far worse than the virus. Let the professionals whose job it is to contain pandemic do their job. They're doing an amazing job worldwide. The efforts and the effect of the organizations like the CDC and the WHO has been remarkable. Former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders are busy campaigning this weekend as hundreds of delegates are on the line in Tuesday's primary elections. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. 
The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144 Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144 Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So after this, Morgan, I should try to avoid hospitals at all costs. And I should, if something happens, I call you and tell you. Don't put me on the spot, why don't you? It's funny though, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot of doctors and nurses, you know, the, the ones that don't have the experiences, they're, they're at least emotionally tied into, into these places. And I think, um, when we, when whenever we get a place that has this sort of high range of human emotion, oftentimes we'll get that paranormal phenomenon that comes with it. You know, we, we often think of these haunted places being these abandoned buildings and things like that. And that's just not always the case. Um, usually when we get a, a area of high activity or high emotional activity is specifically, you know, we end up with, with some interesting phenomenon going on there and, uh, haunted, Hospitals are just a good example of it. Can you tell us about some of the, say, maybe the best cases? Yeah, there's been some. Oh, there's been some amazing ones. I think probably one of the most recent uh, that was on uh, this season of Paranormal Nine One One, and one that was it was very impactful for me to hear about was it was a, a paramedic team got called in. A fellow had had a heart attack, and or no, sorry, he had a heart attack. He was uh, he was sick with cancer. He's passing away. And he had a, a DNR, do not resuscitate. And uh, when the paramedics came in, the wife was so distraught, she couldn't find the DNR. And without that, do not resuscitate, without that piece of paper, the paramedics are absolutely obligated to save that person. It doesn't matter what condition they're in, they have to save that person legally. And the wife was just, you know, she was a mess and she was, I know I have this piece of paper, you know, you can't resuscitate him. You know, he's, he's been suffering for so long. So anyway, um, she's hunting around trying to find it. And as the one paramedic, she steps down to, 
you know, to, to resuscitate him, give him CPR and whatnot. She starts feeling this, this tug on her and she starts hearing somebody in the space with her, basically telling her to get off of him. And she starts to actually see this person in this, in the space. She doesn't feel like anybody else is seeing him. And she starts to distinctly hear somebody saying, basically, get the F off of me, stop it. And she starts to realize that maybe what she's hearing is, is this guy and he's left his body at this point, but he's still in the space and he's getting more angry and more angry, just trying to get her to stop. Um, and then finally she comes forward or this, this entity seems to come forward and say uh, something about a drawer, something about a kitchen drawer. And um, the paramedic says, check the kitchen. And the wife goes and turns out, lo and behold, this DNR is sitting in this kitchen drawer. And the entity and whatnot seems to disappear at that point. And, you know, the, the fellow passed away and she was a, able to aid him in passing away. But it was a really interesting case. So that was definitely on, the, on my highlight reel for this year. Oh, no doubt. How are we supposed to explain that one necessarily? Well, and it brings up, uh, you know, so many different questions. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's, so there's been a lot of cases like that. There was uh, one last season that I thought was, was just so brilliant. It was um, two firefighters that had come onto a scene, a house that was kind of tucked in a, a wooded area. And the uh, first responders had gotten a call from the husband and the husband said, you know, my wife is, is having a heart attack. I need you to come here. So they show up and it looked like nobody was home. They walk into the house and they see the husband and he's sitting on his chair and he's not really saying too much. And he said, you know, she's upstairs. So they go upstairs and the wife is sitting on the edge of the bed and she's looking terrible. She's gray and, you know, she's definitely in heart problems and whatnot. So they start, uh, you know, asking her questions, keeping her going and they're talking with her and who shows up, of course, but another backup ambulance, the ambulance comes and this this fellow is comes out to the front yard and says, you know, the paramedics are here, they're upstairs. So the other two are waiting outside, waiting to receive this patient, whatever, and they see him go back in the house. And when they're talking to this woman, they say, you know what, your husband's downstairs. Let's, you know, let's get you to the ambulance. And she looks at them and goes, What are you talking about? And uh, lo and behold, it turned out her husband had died the previous week. He just wasn't there. They had literally about two to three witnesses that saw this guy and had interactions with him. And someone called the paramedics. She didn't pick up the phone. So it was absolutely a beautiful story. Wow. How do we explain something like that? Though, I mean, for, you know, for a telephone system to work, that's a mechanical device. It requires yeah. electricity. It requires pushing buttons. Sound requires movement to activate the diaphragm in the receiver. The, it, it's all, if something is going on, it has to be physical. In other words, it's, it's not something that's, that's some spooky thing that's in another dimension. It's in this one affecting the real world. Absolutely. And uh, my friend, uh, a colleague, uh, Dr. Cal Cooper, from the University of Northampton, he's actually spent a good chunk of his career studying the the phone call phenomenon of how, how or you know these documenting these cases about these these sort of ghost phone calls and oh, uh, paranormal nine one one and things like that. I've heard that it just happens way more frequently frequently than what what we think. Yeah, uh, I think there's a. I'm not sure if it is the same guy, but there's a book out. It's called Phone Calls from the Dead. Yeah, so that, yep. same guy okay yeah 
I mean, these here we go. We have these cases uh, that are just they happen. I mean, or maybe I'm just gullible. You know, maybe these people are just making it up. Did I mean? Did do you interview people that were also there? Are there witnesses that can you know corroborate the story and and like, or or are we just dealing with folk tales? Like, how much of it is is really investigated on an investigative reporting kind of level? Do you think? Well, I think with the with the nine one one calls, it's it, you know becomes a little. In some ways, it's trickier, and in some ways, it's a little better because the nine one one calls you've got multiple points of contact. So, for example, you know you've got the dispatcher who took the call, and then you've got the two paramedics that have come in that are you know unbiased witnesses because they're just looking to help the woman having a heart attack, uh, you know, and they witnessed it. And then you've got the the people that were outside, the first responders outside, who then talked to this this seemingly entity on the front lawn um so with these cases it's great because there's lots of points of contact the the only problem is is that you know they are there to help that person who's in trouble so you know they're not going back to look into it because half the time i don't think they realize what's actually happened until long after it's done i mean their priority is to get that woman to the hospital before she you know is goes into complete cardiac arrest but but what i'm saying is like has someone actually gone to the 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 police department where the 911 call was taken in and got the recording and verified that it happened so that we can hear that it happened? It does happen in some cases um, where, you know, people will go back on it and, and, and do do some of the homework but unfortunately it's not that often and it's the same question that i get with um security cameras too is immediately people say well you know what about the security tapes in some of these buildings well half the time with these damn security cameras you know within 24 hours they tape over themselves you know and nobody thinks to go back and get the security footage so it it can be a really frustrating problem people just they're so wound up in the experience then that's where their interest sort of i guess stops Right. And, and uh, don't get me wrong here. Uh, you know, we have to ask these kinds of questions because otherwise, uh, as I've mentioned on other shows, people aren't going to take us seriously either. You know, we have to ask them. And uh, but personally, I've had experiences that I cannot explain that are along these lines. And I'm, I'm a believer. But at the same time, I, you know, I don't think that we can just believe every case. There's, I mean, there's got to be a healthy folklore uh, side to it, uh, don't you think? I mean, how, mu- how much is real and how much isn't, do you think? Well, that's a big question because, you know, we, I, I think at that point we kind of have to define what real is. Um, and, you know, and as I say, the, the current situation with, with television and, and entertainment and things like that with a lot of these, with some of these shows makes it very difficult. Um, you know, how do, how do these shows present a, an interesting program for the audience consistently with the phenomenon that only exists? when it feels like it. (laughs) Hey, Morgan, Gene, Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results vary. Exclusions apply. Contacts and glasses are such a hassle. I'd love to finally get LASIK, but... I'm going to stop you right there. If you want LASIK, then the LASIK Vision Institute has officially taken away everything standing in your way. Isn't LASIK expensive? Not at the LASIK Vision Institute. We're offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. See for free if LASIK is right for you by texting DO88 to 350350. But I'm really busy. A text only takes seconds, and the LASIK procedure typically only takes 15 minutes. And best of all, most patients can get back to work the following day. I had no idea. The LASIK Vision Institute uses the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision. We've performed over 1.3 million procedures. That's experience you can trust. And we're offering 20% off our already low-cost services. What's that text again? Text DO88 to 350350. That's DO88 to 350350 to schedule your free consultation today. 
This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Of course, Morgan, the big problem with the TV reality shows is it's 42 and a half minutes plus ads and everything has to be resolved in 42 and a half minutes unless they continue it to another episode. So they exactly. got to have success. Exactly. And and that's uh, the formula that they have right now for a lot of these shows. It's just not realistic, you know, because if you're you're trying to get these people to either change how they're living or change their lifestyle or, you know, deal with a problem that's been going on in a family for a really long time. And to go in there for 24 hours and expect that to all happen is, is unrealistic. And and it's unrealistic to expect to catch phenomenon within that amount of time. So I think that's when we end up getting this problem of these TV shows, you know, starting out with the right intentions and then beginning to fake encounters or set up, you know, these scripted scenarios. See there, you just said it. And and we've heard of this going on. So we've got some bad actors out there in the field. And, you know, what do we do about that? Well, it comes down really at this point, you know, to the individuals watching. I mean, they have to be able to understand that that a lot of these shows, they are looking for the end result, which is, you know, to, to make up to turn over a product. It is entertainment for the for the audience. So being able to sort of pick through that you have to be really careful because ultimately you know you really can't you really can't invest you know all of your all of the belief in what you're seeing because you just you know you don't know how much of it is is literally just something that they've created or they've taken somebody's true story and twisted it in order to make it more exciting for the audience and that's something that happens all the time in in television as well where um you know later on you hear these people that have submitted their story and they watch it on tv and then they go that's not what happened to me at all that's not what i told you oh Um, yeah lots of people virtually anyone who's been involved with television has said the same thing that they've experienced something similar yeah, it's really it's it's a problem because you get these shows that you know want these people to sign their life away in terms of you know well you're giving us license to you know reproduce your story and then they turn around and they take that story and they put their own twist on it and it's like I remember you know early on with different contracts that I've had uh, you know I've turned around and said to people like you guys have an opportunity to present a story and present to give these people a voice and to give this subject matter a voice that can be very credible and it can change the way people look at this phenomenon. So it's, it's really important for, I think, producers uh, and directors and things like that to, you know, put down the, the shock value that they seem to want to get out of it and actually start investing in stories that, you know, it doesn't have to have a shock value to be entertaining. People are fascinated by this phenomenon and they're, they already know that half the stuff they're watching isn't real. So it's like, why not give them something very, you know, something real and tangible? A, a show that I loved back in the day was um, Sightings when it was still on with uh, Linda Moulton Howe uh, producing and uh, Tim White as the host, because it gave this journalistic approach into the most fascinating phenomenon. It was great. Yeah, I liked Sightings, actually. I think I've got one of their DVD sets. There's some pretty interesting stuff there. So how much influence do you have with the television shows? Like, say if someone approached you and said, look, I, I have this, I had this experience. If your crew was to, to take it on, would they get represented accurately in the way that you would like to see it be done? Or after it's all 
you know, in the can? Does it go off to somebody else who uh, produces it in whatever way they want? The way our shows end up working, uh, at least the, the two that I'm involved with right now, is basically people like Richard and I will get sent uh, the cases and the interviews. And when we come in, we're basing all our opinions based off of what we've been given case-wise uh, and what we've been given to read in terms of the, the person being interviewed and, and things like that and the backstories and, and whatnot. So we never really, we never get to see uh, the final product until it's on TV. So we we're basing all of it on um, the individual's uh, statements to the producers and the, the, the past interviews and things like that. But in terms of the, the production as to what happens during the story, uh, we don't get any of that until you guys see it on, on television oh, okay. later. Well, have you been pretty happy with it in terms of, of how accurately they've portrayed things and uh, the job that they've done with the, sh- with the end result? What I like about these shows too is like the production value is quite, is quite high and um, the reenactments are really quite good. I haven't heard anybody's complaints yet um, that, you know, there's been anything misconstrued or anything like that, but um, which, which is really good. My investment in a lot of these programs is, is I want to make sure that what's being shared is, is accurate and, you know, is, is, is representative of, of something that actually went on. Um, so that's, it's a, it's a high priority for me, but I haven't heard any complaints from, from uh, case studies yet. So that's good. That's very encouraging. So, and, and it fits with the teaching the living uh, theme too. Now let's talk a little bit more about that. You actually go out and do uh, investigations and meet with people in the real world that separate from the show. And it's my understanding that your your goal in that is to help those people cope with whatever is happening to them. Uh, can you tell us a bit about how that works and maybe give us a couple of cases? Sure. Yeah. It, well, I mean, with, with teaching the living, the, the main objective is to figure out exactly, first of all, what's going on. I mean, we're always looking to search out the natural explanations for things as best as we can. And, and I typically bring on you know professional audio video team and uh, social workers and stuff, psychologists and all sorts of different individuals to make sure that we're, we're getting the best picture of people as possible and, and profiling the family as best we can. We get, we get very involved with uh, understanding the dynamics of the family, what's going on, how they operate, what's their day-to-day routine, so that we can start to see where the patterns are, when the phenomenon's showing up, what's it like, is is there violence, is there, you know, what's what exactly is going on, um, and then to start to work with them to try to break some of their, their own patterns, because we find that there's always a correlation between something that's going on with the family in the house and the way the individuals are and the activity that they're experiencing. So one case for us, it was actually, it was, it was about a year and a half ago now, I guess. And it was really interesting. It was a, a, a young woman who had phoned us and her and her husband uh, were having a terrible time with something in their house that was uh, attacking both the, the mom and being very protective over the, the little boy's room. And the little boy was about three and it got to the point where um, the, you know, the wife was, was getting physically injured, physically attacked, and the little boy was getting very much intimidated and had a, it finally ended up attacking the little boy as well. And the husband ended up in this tug of war between the entity, their son, and himself. Uh, and so it got just right out of control. They were basically sleeping in their van at this point. 
but when we started to diagnose and we started to talk, talk to the, the woman about the situation, you know, she kept saying, no, everything's good. You know, my husband's great. My, my kid's great. Everything's fine. Nothing's happened to me in my past. Everything's just, just shut it down completely. And then finally she had admitted that she was, um, she had just recently left, um, an extremely abusive relationship and her new husband was, was great. He was, you know, hundred percent. But the guy that she had been with prior was extremely physically abusive, very mentally abusive. And she had done none of the healing from that relationship. And she moved into this new situation with this new house. And her history was literally replaying itself and she hadn't connected it. And as we started to talk to her, we said, you know, like, look, what have you done to heal that emotional damage? And she basically was you know, shut the idea down. Well, I don't believe in psychologists and, you know, I don't believe in therapy and I don't do that. And it wasn't until she actually committed to start to heal some of that emotional stuff that the phenomenon started to dissipate. Um, but you know, it, that was a great situation or a great scenario to, to give the example of, you know, we, we really do manifest in our space, a, a, a mirror of where we are. I mean, are we talking about some kind of a tulpa here or something like that? I mean, it, this is this is really quite interesting, and, and uh, that's a very interesting story. But there's a, there was quite a few things that we went through there. Like when you said, like a tug of war. Like, were you speaking figuratively, or were you actually talking about something that could connect with people physically and and yeah. and influence how they they move or something? Yeah, exactly. It was it was actual physical attacks uh, that were happening, which happens in some of these cases, um, you know. And it was that's the 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 incident that scared them enough that um, they they ended up uh, seeking out help, uh, which basically out of fear at that point. Um, and uh, the husband, interestingly enough, did not have the same level of uh, violent interaction. Uh, with the with the intelligence in the space um, that the wife was having, um, and I think it was because he just didn't have the same amount of of that emotional baggage that he was bringing in. We have more emotional baggage to bring in. With Gene Morgan, Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm the fly on the wall, kind of sitting back and listening to this because I've certainly listened to stories about ghosts, ghost phenomena, all these other things going on, things that go bump in the night doesn't happen to me. I had those recurring nightmares when I was a kid, which I won't repeat again. Let's continue with Morgan. You know, it's, it's not often that we get, we get physical violence necessarily in cases, but physical manifestations and of, uh, you know, the movement of objects and things like that is, is quite common, um, interacting with, with people. And it's not always a negative thing. Like, uh, oftentimes you'll get a case where, you know, somebody's uh, grieving, for example, you know, is missing somebody. And then all of a sudden, you know, they feel that person touch their shoulder or, you know, wake them up in the night or something like that. And so it doesn't always have to be a negative thing, but you know, in this case, it was, it was pretty severe. Um, but it's what not, not that, an, un- what does that say though? I guess about the, this, it, because we're not talking about in that case, uh, someone in an afterlife, we're talking about some sort of phenomena that seems to be conjured up out of the psychology of the parent. And, and why would that want to cause any harm to the child? I mean, what does that say about the psychology of the parent if that's what's going on and it's that powerful? I mean, it, it, I'd have some real concerns there. You know, I might want to call child services. <laughs> But, but there always is those kind of concerns, right? And there's always things you have to look at. And that's it's one of the reasons why when you get into you know paranormal research and, and especially if you're dealing with clients, that you know, you can't really be a hobbyist about this stuff. And you, you get a lot of these these groups that just, you know, they're with their buddies and they, you know, they want to go for a scare for a night or something like that. And you you can't do that. It's it really when you're dealing with people, there's there's so many layers to to something like this where you've got to be paying attention. You've got to have, for example, like often we'll have a registered nurse with us or something like that. Because, for example, if we've got somebody who's on, you know, three or four medications and this has happened, I mean, I don't know what those interactions for those medications are. I have no idea. But if I've got somebody there that can turn around and say, holy crap, this person's on four medications that shouldn't be together, we can start to send them back to their doctor and go, you need to fix this. It gets it can get really complicated, especially in cases where you know you've got somebody who might have you know a genuine mental illness, or um, you know there's things going on in the house that you know might not be not might not be so good and might require a call to to CPS or something like that. You've got to be prepared for that. 
That's very interesting. Do you have a network of people that can help you? Uh, you mentioned a registered nurse. Do you have any psychologists or doctors or other people? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, everything from uh, we've had architects, engineers, you know, all sorts of people in different fields, uh, as a professional audio video people that can, uh, you know, look at anything, any evidence or anything like that that comes back. Um, we work with a professional audio video company called Catalyst Productions, and they're brilliant at what they do. So, I mean, yeah, we have to be able to turn around and reach out to. Uh, people that know more than we do because we, we just can't know everything. So you've, you've got to have that network. Something else that you, you are into is something called the art of ghost hunting. Can you tell us what makes ghost hunting an art to you? Oh, yeah. So the art of ghost hunting, it's actually a, uh, a walking classroom that I do. And it's it's really neat because it can go all over the place. My next ones are going to be in Vancouver in April. And basically what I do is I take a group of people around a, a, an area of the city and I can teach them the principles of uh, things like parapsychology and you know what people would think of as as ghost hunting and start to dispel some of the myths but also give them some incredible stories as to what can happen and show them some of the techniques that are that go into some of this stuff because it, it really is an art about mind body awareness um you know understanding the tools that you need to use in terms of um you know understanding your environment electromagnetics um you know all sorts of things that can re that can create a haunting that you know isn't a haunting um and about using your own um instincts and intuition to sort of discern some of the things that might be going on in a space so it's an art in terms of all of the different elements that you kind of bring into it and the energy in which you bring to the space with you and that's what we try to do the art of ghost hunting and it's a it's a fun class that does sound like something that uh, people who are into the paranormal would really enjoy. And I, I'm curious, I, I don't know that if it, it can be explained if at all, but the art side of it seems to involve this idea of uh, the intuition that you were talking about and uh, an awareness of I, for lack of a better term, uh, we you know we hear the term like vibrations or the aura of the room or the the space. W what is that? Can you describe to us what it is you're talking about there? Yeah, intuition is 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 interesting because we are probably one of the only species on the planet that can walk into a dangerous situation and we know it's dangerous intuitively, and then we turn around and completely talk ourselves into it anyway because we don't want to be rude or we think we're being silly or, or whatever it is that we, we think we're going to be, you know, we're going to be the brave person or, or whatever. And we're really one of the only animals that, that does this, you know, I mean, there'd be a lot of dead gazelle if all the gazelle just ignored the fact that they think there might be a lion out there. And it's, it's interesting because getting people to reconnect with that stillness, that part of their, their psyche and their, their their brain and their their body that can just turn off the thought for a little bit and just be still what is it that that the environment is telling us what is it that our hearts telling us about the environment um and being able to just tune into that a little bit and listen instead of you know talking and trying to think things out and thinking is a tool 
just like you know any of the equipment that we're using but there's also a time and a place and and a, a space to to use a different type of language and that language is is very energetic okay i think i get where you're coming from because i guess what you called sort of mainly i'm i'm left brained you know i'm very analytical so something can happen to me where i think something strange is happening and this has happened to me in fact uh, i lost my brother in a car accident and i inherited his computer and i didn't know much about computers but i thought well you know i might as well put this thing to use maybe there's some information on it uh when i was looking after his estate and so on and i was using it and it i was all alone and it was all quiet and all of a sudden a window popped up and it said message from dan and that's my brother and i looked at it and i got all of those feelings the hair stood up i thought oh my god i've had paranormal experiences in the past i got all those same feelings and then i learned how microsoft outlook works and how you can set messages to pop up right so and he had done that and i had just turned on the machine and it had just gone ahead and done that so while intuition is really good and that those gut feelings can be really good i think we also have to temper it with some analytical thinking as well well exactly and that's why i was saying that thinking is a is a tool that we we have to be able to use um there was a uh, fantastic book written by a fellow by the name of gavin de becker called uh, the gift of fear and it's a it's an amazing book he works a lot with um uh, uh police agencies um the fbi and 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 people like that to basically um uh sort of profile uh, people who will eventually probably uh, do harm. Uh, say, for example, someone who, you know, might prove a physical danger or who might set a bomb or something like that. And uh, he's he's worked out this, this incredible system called the Mosaic System, which is kind of this trait predictability. But he, um, uh, he wrote this incredible book. And uh, one of the stories that he he wrote about in it was uh, a woman who um, she had kept coming home every night from work to you know new apartment you know everything was great it was you know she was really enjoying it months and then she would come home every once in a while and feel really uncomfortable in the space and she couldn't put her finger on it there was nothing wrong with the house or the apartment. Um, and she'd go to bed at night and whatever, but she'd lock her door and she, something wasn't right. And the next day she'd come home, it was the same thing. And this went on for the longest time. And it got to the point where she thought, you know what, I've got to, I got to do something different. Let's do something different. Morgan, Jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Morgan Knudsen, what different thing did she do? So she came home and she decided that she was going to put a nanny cam in her apartment facing her front door and this decision was made after coming home the one afternoon and finding a parcel on her balcony which made no sense because I mean, there was nobody there to bring the parcel in it was just sitting on her balcony it was addressed to her uh, and it was a package she had ordered but there was no way this thing should have been sitting on the balcony so 
she puts this nanny cam in and she ends up discovering that some guy in the building somewhere was coming into her apartment when she left for when she left for work trying on her underwear and leaving <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know we've heard stories like that before that happens a lot apparently we've we, i've heard numerous ones where pete they don't do much they just do these little weird things like you just described or they you know they take a couple of cans of food or a couple of rolls of toilet paper or something and then they just leave and, and people think it's weird but they don't think anything of it until they catch them on film like that and she had no other sign the only thing that happened visibly to her was this package that showed up but the the feelings that she was getting were you know were happening weeks prior to this package changing position. So it was, it was very interesting, but it was just on one of those incidents where, you know, had she not had the, the intuition to sort of follow up on that, you know, she, this guy probably would still be breaking into her, her apartment and trying on her clothes. But it, it's, it's one of those things, you know, we have to make a decision, I think, as to, you know, at what point do we listen and, and pay attention and or, you know, ignore it and rationalize it. So it's, it's, a, it's a balance. Well, every once in a while, I... Um... Uh, this is one of my confessions. I'm uh, probably what you would describe as a neo-pagan. Uh, when I decide to let my left brain just go and do just like what you say, something does open up. You'll, you'll catch me outside in the summertime around a fire pit, especially around a full moon, and I'll be doing some sort of a, a quiet ritual. I know that sounds weird to the people who know me, but I'm I think I can open up to you here, Morgan, and say, it does change something. Something happens. You get results, and I don't know how to explain it with my left brain. I just know that when I set it aside and I open myself up to the universe in that way, something happens. And I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's real. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so it, it's such a neat thing to be able to leverage i think so many people you know they like to poo poo it and they like to turn around and, and uh you know brush it aside but there's something that's so important about that and when we're we're in a situation or in a culture especially right now where there's this bombardment of information that's coming at us and some of it is awful and uh upsetting and terrible and you know we have to be able to at least take the time for ourselves take a step out of it and recenter and be able to you know to turn off that thinking part because sometimes it, we can end overthinking our way into in, into problems as well so having the ability to sort of take a step back and do whatever it is that make you feel good whether it be like you were saying sitting by a fire like for me it's meditation Breathing fire <laughs> yeah, exactly and uh yeah so do you still have your snake oh i do he is uh he is How old actually, is he now he is 15 and a half now how long do they live? He he will live into his fifties. Wow! So that's a long term commitment. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so glad too. He's turning sixteen in June, and uh, he's just he's so amazing, and he just is Zen. He is the really the the embodiment of Zen. He's uh, just so calm, and you can't really shake him. He's he's just so level, and he's so quick that if you know if I'm in a bad mood or I'm upset or anything like that, he's just he's so quick to center me. And uh, he, because he's plugged in, you know, he's tapped into to whatever this is. And um, 
yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to spend time with him because he's, he's he's brilliant. He's incredibly smart. Yeah, he's he's very grounding, which is great. So you say you're heading out to Vancouver uh, this springtime to do uh, this uh, art of ghost hunting. And uh, will you be doing other lectures as well while you're out there or attending any conferences, that sort of thing? What else have you got on the uh, on the agenda for people to be able to come and uh, interact with you and uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what to expect, uh, what it costs and uh, how they can get involved? Definitely. Well, we... The Art of Ghost Hunting, which is the the walking classroom we'll be doing, I'm going to be doing for for two nights, April 17th and 18th in in Vancouver. We're starting in Gastown, so it'll be fun. And uh, it's it's $30 per ticket to to attend it. Um, But seating or seating, but spaces are are really limited because I like to try to keep the groups somewhat small so that people don't feel like, you know, they're missing things and they're not being able to hear and stuff like that. Um, So I'm I'm expecting that they'll probably sell out pretty quick. They usually do in Edmonton. But I just came back actually from Vancouver about a week or so ago um, because I did uh, Vancouver Comic Expo there and um, I presented a presentation called Ritual uh, Exorcism in Film and Television. And that was, it was such a fantastic experience. It was so much fun. Um, the theater was packed, which was great. And uh, it was just a, a blast to uh, sort of delve into the, the history and the, the uniqueness of, of uh, the idea of exorcism and how it plays out in pop culture. So that was a really fun experience. But the Art of Ghost Hunting is, is the, two, the, the two big shows that are going to be coming up soon. That's really interesting. And, and so it sounds like you were pretty well received then in that this is like a Comic-Con, you were saying, type of thing? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's exactly like a Comic-Con. Um, and uh, yeah, it's called the Vancouver Fan Expo. And Fan Expo does Toronto and they do Edmonton, Calgary and whatnot. And I did um, the Edmonton, Calgary ones for the last couple of years. And they've been just so much fun. And I do a different topic every year. Um, and this was my second presentation of, of Ritual. And I'm hoping to do um, uh, Calgary this coming April as well. Um, but it, it is just an absolutely fun environment to be in. There's, there's so many unique people and, and there's such a theatrical aspect to it too, where you've got, you know, all these people dressing up and it's, uh, yeah, it's so much fun to do. I think that's really interesting because uh, it, me being in ufology, I, I have tried to attend a couple of those and I had a table at one and I got nothing but flack from people who <laughs> were uh, accusing me of not being able to tell uh, reality from fiction. And it's so, you know, that, that you're able to, to set up and do that where, you know, you're, you believe that this stuff is real, I assume. I don't think you're, you're in it just trying to promote uh, fantasy. So, you know, why are they letting you off the hook, but they're, they're giving me such a hard time? <laughs> I know. That's a good question. Uh, I, I think I think part of it is is some of is my approach to it because the way I come at it with them is I'm I'm presenting it often from a a, a, a very factual standpoint. Like with ritual, uh, I'm talking about it from uh, first first the first part is the historical side of it, uh, which is you know how exorcism has played out throughout history. So um, you know during the Paleolithic and the Mesopotamia eras and um, uh, and and things like that. We're going to um, so break, think- and then we'll, we'll go back to the history. And we'll break right now, though. With Gene and Randall, you're in... The Paracast. Yeah! 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The number of coronavirus cases continues to rise in the United States along with the people that have died. Washington State is reporting two more fatalities on Saturday, bringing the death toll to 19 nationwide. Health officials in Florida confirmed two deaths late Friday with nearly 400 cases now reported in the United States. All that being said, Dr. Drew Pinsky tells Fox News we do just need to calm down. The panic is far worse than the virus. Let the professionals whose job it is to contain pandemic do their job. They're doing an amazing job worldwide. The efforts and the effect of the organizations like the CDC and the WHO has been remarkable. Former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders are busy campaigning this weekend as hundreds of delegates are on the line in Tuesday's primary elections. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever... We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 
That's 800-486-8112. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so we're getting a history lesson from Morgan. Please continue. Yeah, so I, I, I start the presentation um, with a bit of the backstory and a bit of the history, and then I start to talk about the different films that have then brought it into the public fascination now. So, you know, iconic films like The Exorcist, The Conjuring, and movies like that. So they start to, they start to get to a place where they can at least start to question and ask questions about the, the films. So it's, I think it's less a judgment of, you know, exorcism is, you know, yes, this is real, or, you know, I, I don't have necessarily that conviction about it, but it's more presenting it in a way where it's accessible to people. They understand where the true stories come from in the, in the movies, because those three movies specifically were based off of true accounts and just leaving it up to the audience to decide what they want to, but at least then they can walk away understanding things about the film why it was made and where it came from oh that sounds like a really good approach uh that's that would be coming at it from sort of an entertainment perspective so maybe if you follow just i mean i'm not the only one who's experienced this either apparently but maybe if they were to set up and and uh come at it from a well you know this is the way that close encounters happened or dark skies something like that not long ago we had bryce zabel on who is of course deep into that and uh he's very well received so uh yeah i think that's a really good idea i mean if i ever do another one i think that's the way i'll go because just putting out books on by people who have been witnesses and videos by people like ghost hunters or whatever doesn't seem to doesn't seem to catch their attention you know the trekkies will come by in their trekkie outfits and and they just laugh basically and <laughs> keep on going <laughs> and i think i think too because in that in that climate you're dealing with all fiction you like star trek or star wars and things like that so you're you know you're already dealing with people that have labeled those things as fiction so that might be a part of it as well and i think the way the way I'm trying to approach it with the cons is, you know, at least giving people some insight as to, you know, whether they agree with it or not, or whether they agree with the story or not, um, it really becomes besides the point. It's just about learning like, okay, you know, there was a case that happened in Maryland um, and in St. Louis with a young boy who the Jesuits and the, the, and whatnot claimed was possessed. And, there's a story there you know there's a very real there's a life there's a story there's a you know documentation there's fascinating writings there's all of these different things that of course with the exorcist movie for example you don't get to see because we're we're just we're we're watching a movie Um, but there's so much more behind it so i think whether or not you're you know you're a film buff you're a horror buff or you're you know you like the behind the scenes stuff you know, whatever that is, it's a fascination. And the topic in and of itself for me uh, is, of course, very interesting because nobody really talks about that type of a thing. I had um, the first time I did ritual, I had uh, two Jesuit priests actually in my audience um, that came up to me afterwards and they said, you've got more research done on this than we do. (laughs) I wanted to bring something back up because you were talking about going to a Comic-Con. You see, one of the things 
problems we have, especially in the UFO field, we want to have a conference, a convention, whatever. And the attendance is barely in the hundreds, sometimes a few thousand. I guess the contact in the desert gets a larger crew of people. But you look at Comic-Con, it's 150,000 in this country, and you wonder if you set up a booth, whether it's UFOs, general ghost information, anything like that, whether it would have any meaning. But as you say, that people who are going there are looking for fictional stuff. They're looking for comic book stuff, superheroes, Star Wars, things like that. They're not necessarily looking for these crazy people with stuff that's supposed to be real. And and UFOs too, I think is a, it, it's such a, a diverse subject, you know, where people, people will either think, yes, this is real. And yes, this happens. Or they will turn around and say, oh no, all these people are, are, you know, crazy and they all have their tinfoil hats. So I, it's, it's a diverse, it's a diverse range of opinions. I think where I know with, uh, the, you know, ghost phenomenon, for example, 75% of people have claimed that they have anomalous experiences. So I think, and I don't know what those statistics are in terms of UFO sightings and stuff like that, but, um, you know, it might be something it just might be something where they, they need an angle that, you know, maybe is a little bit less definite and gives them a little bit more leeway just to, just to learn about it instead of, you know, having to go in with a belief that it's real. One of the things that uh, we've talked about with other uh, paranormal researchers is that there's a direct correlation between uh, haunted places and reports of hauntings and UFO reports. And uh, last time, I think last time we had you on the show, we brought that up as well. And it was something that you said you'd sort of keep in mind, maybe, with when you were talking to people. I, I'm wondering if you've done that or if, if you've, um, should I even ask? <laughs> well, no, it's because uh, I find it really interesting. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where there's just seems to be this overarching there's this overarching idea that, you know, all paranormal phenomenon is is you know, it's, it's, it's sort of coming from the same place kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think there's, I, I don't know how much of there is a correlation in terms of, you know, haunted places and, um, or at least ones I've investigated and UFO phenomena. I, like I've not run into that, but my, uh, you know, it's definitely not unheard of like the, the orb phenomenon, for instance, where people are seeing these bright balls of light and things like that, you know, we'll often, you know, see that and then hear about a UFO sighting, uh, you know, a, later on but you know there's still just as much of a correlation of you know these orbs showing up and them not being related to a ufo sighting um but when we start to get into things like first nations folklore for example um it, that becomes a, an issue again because people are seeing things like um say for example uh, uh dogmen and stuff like that people will report that and then they'll report you know ufo sightings and stuff like that in the area so you know is it it, the big question becomes, is it related? Um, exactly. And I think it would be really great if um, the people who were investigating the various phenomena could uh, be more unified with respect to their uh, approach. Like uh, if the ghost hunters are out there and they're interviewing people, they they might think to ask, well, have you ever had a UFO experience? And when you think about it, some of the abduction experiences are very similar to the types of experiences people have uh, when, with hauntings. And so, and you've got similar 
phenomena like anti-gravity, like things levitating, things moving, and invisibility. So, I mean, if there is a connection there, if we could all work together in in a little more harmony, I I think it might produce something that that we haven't all considered independently. Oh, definitely. And I I think, you know, it comes back to that idea of, uh, you know, being able to put down the paradigm of, of, you know, trying to fit things into certain boxes, um, you know, is because as soon as we sort of fit things into boxes, then as say we start cutting out um, different bits and pieces that, that end up, you know, that, that may be related. So I think that's a good example of it. No doubt. Yeah. That, that you, you really express that really well, where you just where what you just said there, where when it doesn't fit into our paradigm, we just arbitrarily, you know, cut that part out and, and don't include it. Because we want to build this picture of what we think is going on more sometimes than just trying to find out what is going on. Yeah, well, it makes things, I think it makes things more tangible for people. And, and when we get into a field like this with, with the paranormal and, uh, you know, things that are, uh, you know, a little bit more quantum and, and whatnot, I think people, so at least some people struggle to get their brain around, how do I make this? fit into my worldview so that I can make sense of it. Our brain wants to make sense of stuff. And it's hard when we don't necessarily have all of the options or have all of the um, avenues uh, of information available to us because we simply don't know yet. Uh, You know what? I always wonder, I want to get into that when we get to the final segment with Morgan Knudsen about an end game, or is there ever going to be an end game with Gene Randall and Morgan? You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. <laughs> I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax manager hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 warning if you're drowning in debt you can't afford do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't what the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt if you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. 1-800-976-1460. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Morgan, that brings us to one other thing, which is every time we talk about this, we have ongoing investigations and we check out the ghosts and the UFOs and all this stuff. But is this going to be a forever thing? We're always going to be ghost hunters or UFO hunters is there ever going to be a time when we have real answers? You know, it depends. I think uh, I think it depends on what we consider answers. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think our, our world is expansive enough that I don't, I don't think we're ever going to stop learning about it per se. You know, I think our, our understanding is going to grow. I think it's going to grow considerably even over the last two to three years um, in the, the parapsychological fields, there's definitely going to, we're going to see a, an escalation in information uh, and a, an expansion in that. But I mean, I think the day we quit learning is probably the day we're dead. So <laughs> I don't know if there's necessarily an end game and, and the end game is personal too. Right. So, um, you know, what is it that people want out of their experience? 
I think that's going to be different for everybody. Well, with UFOs especially, if it's spaceships, well, we confirm that ET is here in one or more forms. When it comes to ghosts, I don't know. Is there? There's no real way to determine that these represent something in the afterlife because obviously we know what you have to do to prove it. So it's something that there can be no relationship unless it's caused by something else that could be proved. So there you're dealing with a subjective thing as well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think when we're dealing with anything that's subjective like that, it's kind of a it's kind of a conundrum because it's like we just end up with more questions. You know, we we just answer one question and it opens up Pandora's box of a whole bunch more. So again, it depends on what the end game is. You know, do I think that we'll eventually be able to prove something like, you know, remote viewing or something like that? Probably. Um, But, you know, are we going to at the same time explain, you know, is there life after death? No, that's going to be a different set of questions. So I I think the, the field is just so vast I mean, we're going to be answering questions, I hope, anyway, for a really long time. That's an interesting point that you made there. And and this takes us right back to sort of the beginning where, you know, I was saying, okay, well, we can have ideas and we can have theories, but there's a hierarchy of reasonableness for why something could or could not be the case. When it comes to afterlives, like I had said it at the beginning, I, I don't believe it's possible. And there are, well, what I would say, very objective reasons for that. And and so when something comes to possibility, that's an entirely different thing than saying, well, you know, we just need more data, and then we could prove it one way or the other. If it's just not possible, then no amount of data is going to make any difference. But people are so very invested in a specific belief that, say, if they believe afterlives happen, and that's what they're experiencing, there's nothing you can do to change their minds. I think that depends on the person. I think if you're rooted in a belief to that degree that you're not open to a possibility, I think that in in and of itself is unhealthy. Um, like if, if you can't turn around and say, at least, is it possible? Then I, th- I think that that to me doesn't make any sense because we simply have, so we have so much data on sort of on both sides of the fence right now that I don't think we're, we're in a position to turn around and draw a conclusion yet uh, about any of that. But I, th- I think it really does, again, come down to when is enough data? Well, I think that's going to be, I guess, up to the individual in a way, you know, I mean, to sort of is the world flatter, is the world round kind of thing. And it's like, well, to me, there's more than enough data to suggest the world is round. But again, it's like, you know, with something like the afterlife, for instance, you know, we just, we don't have that solid data yet. It's just not there. And we've got, you know, evidence pointing to the contrary. So, you know, we got to take a look at it and keep, keep examining it. Right. See, like right there, that's where what I had just said before completely, just if I never said it, it's like, I believe we have to have an open mind for the possibility. I've said, I'm a believer in strange phenomena. I've experienced it myself. I've also said, I don't believe afterlives are possible and that there's objective reasons for that, that anyone can work out for themselves. So when a person says, okay, let's look at it. Is it possible? Well, if we answer that question with, well, no, it's not, no matter how much we would like to believe it, shouldn't we be accepting that it's not possible and then looking for other answers saying, okay, if that's not the answer, then what is causing the phenomena? 
if, if we're stuck in just going, oh, no, it's an afterlife, it's, it's like this is my dead grandma and nobody's going to convince me otherwise, then we could be missing what the actual cause is, especially if we have really good reasons to believe that it can't be your dead grandmother. It's not possible. And then the thing is, again, it comes back to that whole idea of, you know, getting rooted in the idea that it, it's one thing and not something else, um, you know, that we've been talking about, which is, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be able to to uh, um, be open to the idea that maybe the thing that's actually causing that phenomenon is more cool than even our perceived perception that maybe it's, you know, an afterlife or something like that. It, the, the actual answer might even be more cool than that. That's what I think. Personally, I know this is, I shouldn't be injecting my own points of view here, but I'm not a passive interviewer. I tend to be fairly active and, and like to stir up trouble a little bit. So let me interrupt. I like to let Randall just, you know, hang himself without <laughs> my help. That's all. No, yeah, I'm, I, I'm good at doing that too sometimes. But then again, like back to the beginning of the show, like when I can be proven wrong, I'm going like, wow, yay, I just learned something new. So it's it's really cool that way. But what you said Morgan is so important because I think that whatever it is, it is more cool than the idea of afterlives. If there's something going on, I think there's some sort of phenomena that is possible. I think the afterlives, in another way of looking at it, like you say, it's so important in the way that we look at it, is possible that it's not like a continuity of the actual personhood that carries on, if that's at all what is happening. The best it can be from every way I've worked it out is it's got to be some kind of copy. Well, and you know, and that theory's out there, and there's, there's a bunch of them out there, you know, that, say, for example, that, as I say, that consciousness is something that is, is fundamental in the environment and that we can, you know, that it, our consciousness is somehow returning to a larger fold or a larger black hole or, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many theories on it. And I don't think anybody's got to be really on what it is. Um, all we can do is from our human perspective is to examine the phenomenon, document it as best we can and do our best to research and study it. And right now that's just all we can do. And it's got to be enough. Well, there is the other thing we can do and that's, we can go, okay, well, we might not know what it is, but we can determine what it's not. I think I've actually done that. And, and just, so far, I haven't figured out any way around it. I mean, I might be wrong. I just don't think so at this point. I'm open to being wrong, as you know. I think I've got that part figured out. And I think it could really move the whole investigation forward if we could go, okay, well, we can eliminate that possibility now and focus on ones that aren't possible. Morgan, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at entityseeker.ca. Um, and of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well. And uh, you can find tickets and whatnot to the art of ghost hunting in Vancouver on eventbrite.ca or entityseeker.ca, of course, has the link as well. So lots of areas to find me, but entityseeker.ca is the go-to. Our go-to includes several places at Twitter, theparacast.com. On Facebook, well, there's a couple of Paracast watering holes there too. We also have a place where you can buy branded merchandise with four different Paracast logos, including some designed by our friend here, J. Randall Murphy. For more details to visit the store, go to theparacast.shop. Theparacast.shop. We also have the Paracast Plus, where we give you a special version of this show, free of the network ads with enhanced audio. The fabulous 
after the Paracast podcast with so many different things, special interviews. You don't want to miss it. Prices start at just $1.50 U.S. per week or five bucks a month, that sort of thing. For more information, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Morgan Knudsen, always glad to just sit back, enjoy, and listen to what you have to say. Thanks for returning to the, to the Paracast. Thank you guys so much. I just love being on your show. Your questions are great, and our conversation is obviously really good. So it's, it's always a pleasure. The Paracast featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.